This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. If your MPP is napping right now, it's well-deserved. They were at Queen's Park for that unusual all-night session that was part of the effort to get Bill 31, the law that would reduce the size of Toronto City Council, passed as quickly as possible. And as you heard in the news, it was again marked by noisy protests, and inside we heard much the same arguments on both sides from the politicians. Now, One of the things I have to say that floors me about this is that one reason for this extraordinary session was to make sure our elected officials could get to a must-attend political event, and that would be a plowing match in Chatham. And to me, that just underscores a big issue that I think goes way beyond the number of councillors, and that's that even though 70% of people live in cities, and cities are the engine of the economy— They don't have power. And the mayor is just one vote on city council. And uh, maybe that's the problem. Uh, I'd like to hear from you. Numbers to call 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-740-4740. And I am here with Jason Leader, who is a conservative strategist and John Sewell, the former mayor of Toronto. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Hello. Hey, thanks for having us. Okay. Uh, Let's start with the former Toronto mayor, John Sewell. Uh, What do you make of this whole, I don't know, (laughs) even what to call it? Well, the whole whole thing is shocking. Here's the government. They're interfering with an election that was halfway underway. Over 500 candidates had, had registered to it, and they're saying, oh, we're changing the rules for it right now. It, it's absolutely shocking. And when the matter goes to the court, the judge is very clear that, in fact, this infringes the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and therefore it should not be law. Um, and so the minute they do that, the government says, oh, it should be law because I hate judges. This is raw court. You know, they're only appointed people. Absolutely shocking for, for a premier to be saying that about judges in our society. And then they what they do is they, they bring in this notwithstanding clause saying, we're going ahead no matter what the Charter of Rights and Freedoms says. I mean, this is shocking. It's never happened before in Ontario. Only three times in Canada have the Charter been used. It's The withstanding clause of the Charter been used. And it's only been used when there's a very, very serious matter. But then to go even further, they say we're going to rush it through the legislature. They will not allow public hearings on it. In fact, you know, I've asked to speak. I know that another hundred people have asked to speak. No, they won't allow us to speak on it. They won't hear from the public. They're having meetings at, starting at midnight. This is craziness. These, and I think what's even worse is it's not just Rob Ford. I think it's all members of the cabinets who are moral cowards. None of them have spoken up. Of course, Brian Mulroney has spoken up. Bill Davis has spoken up. Roy McMurtry has spoken up. But no member of the cabinet has said this is wrong. And well, this yeah, that's absolutely is, shocking. Absolutely yeah. shocking what's happening. They ought to be really ashamed of ourselves. 
And I mean, the paid lobbyist you've got there in front of him being paid to talk about this stuff. He should not be doing that. Well, just a <laughs> minute. Wrong thing just to a do. minute. Uh, John, you know, people, there there are differing views on this, and we like to hear all of them. So, so uh, you know, um, we respect your opinion, and uh, you've aired it. Uh, Jason Leader, I mean, really, was this the right thing? I mean, you know, I heard Doug Ford, the premier, saying we'll never back down. I mean, really, is, is, is this the issue that merits that? Well, I, I got, John, I, I I wasn't really clear on your position there. I, I, are you, you seem a little bit mad. Are you going to be okay over there? I mean, that was. Uh... I don't have any respect for you, sir. Uh, okay, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I just a minute, just a minute. Can we? Can we? Can we keep? Uh, can we keep this polite, um, Jason? I was polite. I was honest and straightforward. Well, I do. Okay. I do have respect for you, John. And and anyway, I appreciate. I appreciate your kind words. Um, here's the thing. Um, you know. I think this is obviously, uh, you know, sort of got the base of both parties, the Conservative Party and the uh, and, and progressives in the city of Toronto, pretty fired up. I think that much is clear. And we can hear from the tone of John's comments that he's pretty fired up. I don't know. I don't know if he watched the legislature all night or if he was there with the protesters. But, yeah, here's the thing. And here's where I come down on, on this stuff is... Um, you know, and John John gave a bunch of erroneous information, but I'm only going to highlight a couple of things that uh, that he said. What, what did I say that was wrong? Well, he said the notwithstanding clause has only been used three times in the country, and that's not true. The so country, how, how many times the has it been used? I, it, the the uh, province of Quebec inserted it in every single bill for three straight years, since so from 1982 yeah. to 1985, and I think you know that, John. Uh, uh, or maybe, only maybe only you know. about language rights. <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, anyway, I don't I don't want to argue the semantics. We don't have but, to get but, down into the weeds. It is a clause that has been very rarely sparingly, used. Sparingly. Sparingly, people think it should only be pulled out for the most crucial things. I think we yeah. get that. We've been yeah. talking about all, uh, this all week. Yeah, no. So and, I want to, I want to, yeah. Libby. I want to say a couple of things. F- to be fair to, to, I think the arguments that John's espousing that you're talking about right now. I think it is, it is, uh, it is fairly. It, it has not been a routine thing. It's been used fairly sparingly. I think most people actually be, feel as well as though it's uh, as though it's uh, something that we should avoid if at all possible. And I think the government's actually said that this week. Here's the reason why I believe that they did the right thing, or at least I, 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 I you know, I think that they're, they're headed in the right direction. I believe in the, in this, in the, the fundamental um, sort of view of uh, political accountability. I want the legislature to actually make laws. I want judges to interpret them. And I think most constitutional scholars, I guess we'll find out in the next couple of weeks, um, believe that the ruling by, uh, by, uh, by, uh, by the justice uh, last week was, was one that was deeply flawed. Yeah, but uh, that means you don't like a judge's ruling and you throw it out. I mean, that's also. But, I mean, but who's the, who are these lawyers? Give it name one who, in fact, thinks that's the case. Emmett McFarlane. He's probably one of the best constitutional scholars. That? Emmett McFarlane. He's oh, probably yeah. one of the there, top there, constitutional there are, scholars. There are, you know, John. To be fair, there are a lot of people who are very surprised by this ruling, and uh, you know, on both sides of the issue. But, but, you know, be that as it may. Does this mean that this government is is just going to uh, not withstand any kind of uh, judicial judgment they don't like? I, I think I think it's a fair question, Libby, and and I think you've heard the gut from 
from the government over the last couple of days that they've said they're not going to make a habit of it. And I will say this: I think it was. I heard them saying they wouldn't hesitate to use it. I, I heard. I heard. Again, I heard yeah. Todd Smith. I heard. Well, and, and listen, here's the thing: I think there, there's a lot of different ways you can frustrate Mr. Ford's agenda, and you know it's Doug Ford, not Rob John. But yeah. the um, but the uh, but the, there's a lot of different ways you can frustrate them. One of them is through the courts, and and I think Doug and his government are being honest about the fact that they have some tools in their disposal as well. You might not like the tools that they have at their disposal, but it's one of the reasons why when the Constitution was debated in uh, in, in the early 80s, uh, the compromise that was brought forward, the sanctity of legislatures to make laws and this kind of stuff actually is part of the Constitution. And So why, why then is Mr. Mulroney and Bill Davis and Roy McMurtry all saying it's wrong? That's what they're saying. Yeah, they're not saying I, it I respect them a lot more than I respect Doug Ford. Sure. They, these are very yeah. significant people in our society. Well, they're they all absolutely, saying they, they think it's wrong. They they absolutely uh, are, uh, you know, elder statesmen, but they're, they're not the ones who are running the show here. Yeah, it's not, their yeah. De- it's not their decision. And I respect them all as well. I respect Mr. Davis. I respect Mr. Kretchen. I respect uh, Mr. Mulroney. I try and treat everybody with respect, John. But why and, don't you try and pay attention to what they are saying, that it's wrong to do it? I want to know these people who think it's really right to do it because I, 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 I haven't heard them. Okay, I want here's here's what I want to know, sure. Jason, and maybe you can. This he never mentioned it during the election. Yeah. I don't think that Doug Ford would have been shy about mentioning this if he had thought of it. Yeah. So if this is this is what kind of mystifies me. It went from something that was not talked about during the campaign at all and suddenly it's like the most important thing and we will never back down. Now I get that if they're doing it, they better do it in time to hold an election on October 22nd. Even John Tory says that, but I don't get. How did it get to be there? I, I think that's a fair question, Libby. I've, I, you know, I, I've, I've, I've tried to, you know, I think you've answered your question, your own question. But I, I will say, I think that is the answer. I think it's fair, fair comment for people to say, hey, listen, why didn't you talk about this during the campaign? Listen, politicians do this all the time. They really do. I mean, Mr. Trudeau has a laundry list of things that he's done in the last three or four years that he made no mention of during the campaign and things that, in fact, that he said that he did the opposite. I'm not defending the behavior, but I'm saying politicians do this all the time. I wish that it weren't done this way. I wish, I think, he, you know, and here's the thing, there is political accountability here, and this is one of the reasons why maybe John and I disagree on uh, on the clause. There's political accountability here. If you don't like what Doug Ford did, he owns about like 35-40% of the seats in the, in, the, in, in the city of Toronto. It's not like he's some outsider from Sudbury or Windsor that's brought this in. He actually has to go to the people of Toronto and actually convince them of that this is a good idea. And if but you but don't that, like... That's it, in four years. That, yeah, know, well, you well... That's what I political mean, accountability is all about, though, it's, uh, John. It's, it's, pretty, not, right? it's pretty classic, though. You know, get the 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 stuff uh, that people will better forget about done right at the beginning of the mandate and then and then throw the money out, sprinkle but, the but, money in the but, <laughs> before but, the it, election. It, it's worse than that. We had an election that was underway. We had candidates who raised money, who knew what ward they were running, who printed their election literature. And then the premier comes along and he says, tough luck. I don't care what you've done. I'm kicking, you know, I'm changing the world. I mean, no one's done that before in Canada. I have some sympathy for that argument, John. I I agree. And so he he didn't have to do it. And he easily could have said, oh, by the way, we're going to actually consider this and have some discussion about it. 
and and maybe we'll make a decision in a year. He could have done that. I, I have know? some sympathy for that. that. I have some sympathy for that argument. Well, I think sympathy. Well, why don't you argue for that? Why don't you go and tell him that's what he should do right now? He should stop it and maybe <laughs> yeah, put it off for a year. Do you think why he'd listen to you, Jason? Well, of what he's being paid by them. So why doesn't he do how, it? How am I being paid by them, John? Can you can you enlighten I, I, me on because that? Because I'm sure uh, you, oh. because you're you're a John. A John, lobbyist. I think this is getting a, a, a little off off topic. Let's oh, sort of the stick topic, to the thing. He's saying that he he agrees with you on that. I have to say that on on that note, one of the things that strikes me is, uh, you know, uh, how come a municipal election uh, gets to be, you know, what, four times as long as a federal or provincial election? Those are six weeks. These these measures were announced in July, and I I have some sympathy for the argument, as I was trying to say, John. I actually have some sympathy. July is a long time before October 22nd, and Doug Ford, if there's anybody who can tell you about quick elections, Doug Ford was elected leader of the provincial PC party and premier over the course of two to three months, all told from start to finish. So hold on, You're, you're missing the point. We had an election period that was set. Candidates ran on the basis of what wards were established then. After the city had had a, a, a year or two long hearing as to what kind of award system we should have, that actually went to the courts and was confirmed that's, by the courts. That's court. true. So right? they're so, they're throwing so, it all out. And the point is that they were told that they could spend money and they could figure out where their offices are going to be. At. And it was in the middle of that that he came in the day before nominations that he closed. 500 candidates, more than 500 candidates had registered. I mean, this is just a shocking attempt to destroy democracy when, in fact, we're (laughs) trying to have a simple election. Okay, just a minute. John Sewell, I have a question for you. Is, I mean, to me, the fundamental problem here is that cities uh, don't have power. Well, I'm sure, of course, that's a big problem, that, that, and that's a long-standing problem we've had for a long time, that cities need a lot more control over what they've got. But I think what, what uh, you know, Doug Ford has done is he's shown very clearly he doesn't care about any of that. He's just willing to, to wipe it off and, and make it so that, in fact, we aren't going to have a reasonable kind of government. I think everybody's made the case, and, and this was certainly clear in the judge's ruling and in the city's big year-long report on the ward system that a ward of 110,000 people is much, much too large for people to deal with. They can't deal with all the issues that happen in cities because the role of aldermen, uh, of councillors, is fundamentally different than the role of MPs or MPPs. And so you're, you're making it absolutely impossible. I mean, you, you go and talk to a downtown councillor now who is run off his or her feet going to meetings you double the size of the word, it's going to be craziness. It's going to make sure we do not have effective government. That's what the judge says. I believe that. I've been there. Um, and I think that, that Doug Ford has done this because he knows that's He wants to destroy the government in Toronto. That's what he's doing. Uh, you know, you know, John, any time in politics when we... You know, you can disagree with people. You can think Doug did, made the wrong decision here. Anytime we question the motives of our other side, like, for example, I, I disagree with a lot of decisions that, for example, Dalton McGinty or Kathleen Winner or Justin Trudeau made, but I never actually say they want to make Canada worse or they're trying to mess things up or all that kind of stuff. I think when we question the motives of our opponents, we actually we actually do a real... Like, if I said John Sewell, he's trying to destroy the city of Toronto back when he was mayor. How do you react to that? And I think it really does uh, takes away I, from I the discourse. I say this: if if Doug Ford had some evidence for what he was doing, then I'd go back to the evidence. But he had none, and the judge made that very clear. He said, "So what's the evidence on which he based?" Well, there isn't any. 
He t- he, and, and in fact, it's really shocking. You go to Hansard, and what he talked about is Mrs. Jones and a cat in a tree, as though that's what it's all about. I mean, he didn't have any evidence for what he's done. So if he has no evidence, surely I've got to look around. So why did he do it? Well, I, I, I think, think I, I actually he's really think angry. He wants to destroy Doug, the Doug Ford lives in the city of Toronto. He's 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 run for mayor. He's he's done. His brother was mayor. He, yeah, to say that he wants to destroy the city of Toronto, I the, the, the hyperbole is outrageous, John. Yeah, no, just just hold it. Okay, we're we're going to go right to the calls. But you know, I I think Doug Ford actually believes that. Why he believes that, it may be flawed. But I I, I would have to agree with with Jason. Let's not you know say he wants to. Wreck the city of Toronto. Uh, let's go to well, Nora in Scarborough. Hi, Nora. Hi there. Um, I was trying to call last week after Shelley Carroll was on. Uh, she made a comment that uh, there's so much confusion. The councillors are confused. The residents are confused about wards and so on. I just wanted to share with you, uh, in my ward, there's absolutely no confusion. Two other wards where I have family and friends, there has been no confusion. Our situation is, uh, two weeks ago, and this is before the judge's ruling, a fellow came to the door, he introduced himself, and he said, you know, with the newly expanded ward, I will also be running in your area. And he gave us his uh, lovely brochure with an endorsement from uh, Mr. Tory and so on. And then subsequent to that, our counselor that's here now came to see us, and this was after the judge's ruling. And she said, well, you know, if um, if it's 23 uh, councillors, uh, 25 councillors, rather, the other chap that came first will also be running. Otherwise, it'll be me and another guy. And he also came. So we know our ward number. We know who the players are. And this is also something that's happened, as I say, in the other two wards that I'm familiar with. Okay, so you're now, thinking think- it's not a bad thing, Nora? Not at all, but I'm thinking that this confusion and everything, it's, I think it's being created by the counselors that are not for it. And for example... Okay, uh, okay, uh, we're going oh, to have okay. to move on. Thank you okay. very much for that, Nora. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Now, um, we are going to bring in MPP Merritt Styles, and I know her time is very limited. And we are also uh, going to say thanks very much to John Sewell. Thank you for joining you. us. Okay, Merritt Stiles. Uh, thanks for joining us. It's uh, a pleasure. T- tell me about what was it like to uh, sit through that session? Well, it was a long night, <laughs> no yeah. question. Um, and uh, but I think it was uh, an important debate uh, in the House in the chamber. Um, I think what was probably the most unfortunate thing was that. Uh, I know myself as as a representative for the riding of Davenport in downtown Toronto, that is very much affected by this legislation. It was really unfortunate that um, some of my constituents who had lined up for hours <laughs> trying to get in were then removed uh, along with everybody else from the public galleries. So it was unfortunate, but um, I, I think yeah, but we... they were they were pretty rowdy. <laughs> I mean, then there was the banging, like lying down and banging their feet. I mean, you know, fine, but but you can't really blame well, anyone you know, for the people who are in the house. I mean, it is a it's a mix of folks, obviously, and there are some people that stood up and spoke. And I I, I understand the rules and that they have to leave, but 
you know, to empty out the entire public galleries, which we've seen again and again, I mean, this is not something we haven't seen in oh, at least 20 years. I, I think the last time we've seen that was around the time that Mike Harris amalgam- brought in the amalgamation, right? So this is actually kind of, um, it's, it's, it's very difficult to see. It's difficult to see seniors. Many of the seniors that were handcuffed in the last week and walked out are people who didn't actually say anything or do anything. They just wanted to be able to stay there when, uh, when they emptied the galleries. Very unfortunate. Okay. Um, and Merritt Styles is, is there, I mean, at this point, isn't this a done deal? Uh, you know, um, what, are, what are you hoping to accomplish? Well, I think that the government uh, is clearly, and, and, and Doug Ford clearly are willing to do just about anything. Um, even invoking the notwithstanding clause for the first time in Ontario history um, to pass this legislation. Uh, I know tomorrow this, we're going to hear about whether or not there will be a stay issued uh, by the court. Um, I don't know what that, what's going to happen there, but what we've been trying to urge uh, the, the government to do is to withdraw the legislation. Yeah, what are, what are the chances of that, Jason Leader? <laughs> Merit, as you know, we're friends. I've got great respect for you. I think that might be a fool's errand. I don't think that one's going to happen. But, you know, I listen, I, uh, I understand why you're trying, and I understand you've got to use every tool at your disposal. And, I, get, and, I get it. But what is this, sorry, what is, what is this stay that you're referring to? So my understanding is the, the government's going to be looking for a stay uh, to be able to appeal um, the ruling uh, by the Supreme Court judge. Uh, you know, I just want to say in response to what Jason said, and, and I, I respect his opinion on this too, of course, but, you know, what we really have been looking for is for other members of this government to stand up um, because I think their silence is going to be noted. You know, they're going to go down in history as not having been willing to stand up to uh, a premier who is really acting a bit like a tyrant. I mean, this is not something that they campaigned on. It's not something that the people of Toronto have been asking for. And we've had know, uh, prime ministers and former premiers come out and say, even former conservative Premier Dill Davis say, this is uh, not a proper use of the notwithstanding clause. And and yet here we are. And I think that this is going to haunt uh, those conservative MPPs. So we certainly are, are, you know, I I absolutely believe that Doug Ford has no intention of withdrawing this legislation, but we're not going to start fighting, uh, stop fighting for that. And we're going to, we're really working hard to see if we can convince conservative MPPs to stand up uh, to Doug Ford. I mean, how realistic is it, Jason, to expect newly elected majority uh, MPPs and cabinet ministers who may like to keep their jobs to defy the premier in this at, at this point in, in the mandate? Well, it's it's a great uh, it's a great uh, discussion, and one of the things that I find about progressive voices uh, and and you know, Merritt, it's 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 a fair it's a fair comment and a fair objective you have. One of the things that I think sometimes progressive voices miss when they talk to conservatives like us, you're under the impression that the MPPs that are in that house don't want this to, to be done, or that they want us they they don't dis, that they disagree with Doug Ford. This um, this issue has, although uh, it's also it's it's very much ignited. I would say the the, the people that uh, dislike Doug Ford, and it's basically uh, I think got your base all worked up. This issue has also got the base of of, of the Tories worked up, and I got to tell you, um, the Tories are pretty excited to be fighting this fight. And one of you is wrong, or one well, of you. I mean, you know, this is no longer about the city council and the side of city council. Mm-hmm. I, I'll give you that. Like that's not what this is about anymore. And so what's interesting is that 
once the once Doug Ford and the Premier brought in this legislation that's going to uh, it now override our charter rights, that I'll protect your charter rights. But okay, really, I disagree. <laughs> uh, really igniting um, a lot of people. I mean, yeah. I'm getting calls and emails from people across the province saying, you know, they're they're really frightened by what this means because. The, Doug Ford has also made very clear he will use this again and again if he needs to. And and that, I think, is what people are really upset about. Merritt Stiles, you you, uh, alluded to the fact that this is really affecting your constituents. uh, How so more than anyone else? Well, you know, I'm obviously a Toronto MPP. Uh, My riding um, will be very affected by this, but... You know, at the end of but the how day, so? how, well, how people just are because worrying they don't know who's going to be running at this point. And also, the size of the ward will double. So whoever the city councillor is is going to go from having like about 68,000, I think, people in, the, in there to represent to uh, closer to 110,000 people. And that is, uh, is a big difference. And people in our community, and you know, I, he, Doug Ford keeps saying, well, it's the same thing as what MPPs have and MPs, but city council is very different. You know, city councillors have a different kind of work that they do. People really, res- really expect, and they should, um, that all of us are super responsive. But city councillors have to be paying attention to every single development, every single, you know, parking change or bike lane or anything that goes on in their community. And it's really important that they be super engaged and that they be working with their community to have their community's voices heard in those decisions. And that's what I think people are really concerned about in, in Toronto. But they're mo- being completely united, even people who weren't so concerned about that, are completely united around this uh, concern about their charter rights. And also, I might add, I'm getting lots of emails from people saying, you know, I have a special needs child. I'd like to talk about resources in our classrooms. Not this issue. Well, there I'd are like lots of things. Lead in school drinking fountains, right? There, there, there are lots of things that people want to talk about, and there are lots of things that people outside Toronto yes. would, would like to talk about. And this is taking up well a lot of oxygen. I've got to ask you something else, Merritt. Are you going to the plowing match? <laughs> Well, you know, originally we all had planned to go to the plowing match. I mean, this was uh, this was something that. Why, you know, if you represent Davenport, well, are you going to me, the plowing match? It's not a big it's not a big priority. But for for all the politicians, you know, every party wants to be there and to show support for rural rural Ontario, which I think is really important. I'm not just the education uh, critic for Toronto; I'm the education critic for all the rural communities too. So that is something I, I do want to connect with them. But right now, I'm I'm looking at what I've got before me, and I'm I'm reconsidering and I. Uh, I certainly think that um, many of us will be. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, that was the government's decision, right? The government sets the agenda, and they decided that's a priority. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know... Toronto, the middle of Toronto is, is has went left in the last election, and uh, you know, Jason, do you think Toronto is being penalized for that? <clears throat> in, in what way? Like, you know, it, it, you're talking about the council decision. You're talking going to the plowing. Yeah, well, like, uh, I'm just you know, saying I mean, it just go- seems it just it everything seems kind of uh, out of whack. You know, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know. Like, I, I you know, what do the people care about in the city of Toronto? I think they care about transit. I think they care about uh, you know their infrastructure. I I think these are the top concerns of people. Absolutely. Hospital wait times. The city of Toronto is addressing. I I, 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 can't stop talking about Joe Cressy and Mike Layton. (laughs) What what do people outside of Toronto think of that? Like, I really have to ask, because to me, it's mind-boggling. I I grew up... If you head down to the plowing match, you'll find out. People hated Toronto. (laughs) People outside of the city are wondering why he's so obsessed. 
And when is he going to start being the premier of all the problems? People outside this city are going to vote conservative next time again, Merritt. And that's one of the reasons why <laughs> I, you're going to really you're going to be you're going to be down in the plowing match yeah. in southwestern Ontario, where you guys were able to pick up a couple of seats. Let's be honest here, right? Like so, uh, and you guys and the Liberals are desperate to break out of the mold of being a, a urban only party and into the rural only party. There's a lot of different politics going on we here. Have I think we all know that. All across this province. Uh, now you do. Case. Now now you do. Now you yeah. do. Yeah. No, we've also we've always we've often had that. We northern Ontario. You guys have had great northern Ontario, southwestern yeah. Ontario. Look, you know, I don't want to get into this with you, Jason. I mean, I'm sitting here as an MPP in the legislature. I just got out of an all night sitting, and I really think that our pro- I would much rather be sitting on this call talking about the priorities for you know making our schools our, our kids' schools better, but instead this government. Doug Ford has decided this beef he has with Toronto City Council is going to be his priority. And I think that they're going to pay a political price for this, Libby. Yeah, I mean, in four years? Well, I mean, we'll, you know, as as they say, a good, a good note to uh, wrap this up, I know you have to go, Merritt, is time will tell. But mm-hmm. they've got four years for people to forget. Yeah, we'll remember. have four years to make a whole lot more mistakes. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll keep fighting them anyway. Okay. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. And get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Okay. Uh, let us uh, get to a couple of these calls. People have been waiting very patiently, and I appreciate it. John in Toronto. Hello. Uh, hello. Hello. You're on the air. Hi. Sorry. I've been waiting so long. I, I, totally, I had a comment and a question. Um, I'm not a party person, never was. Uh, in fact, I was going to vote, vote conservative this year, but I didn't, I didn't vote when I found out uh, Donald Ford, sorry, Doug Ford, was running. Okay. Um, and, you know, I uh, he, he, the way things, he goes on and on about Toronto, <clears throat> our subways, our transit, our, our councillors, uh, this was all caused by a former conservative government who, who rushed who rushed amalgamation down our throats. Instead of rushing it down, they should have realigned all the, the, the council wards then and brought them down instead of keeping what they had and they just threw everything at the council. They downloaded they downloaded the former conservative government downloaded downloaded all Okay, the so what about so what about for, this one? Is this uh, what do you think about this? Yeah, well they downloaded all the fees for 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 subways and in transit. That's why 20 years later we have a problem. But my question is, Jason, my question has always been Jason and and your your government. Why is Toronto and why is is uh, Premier Buckabeer picking on Toronto with the councillors when you have other GTA GTA cities like for example Vaughan should have two councillors they have nine Mississauga should have six councillors they have eleven what's going on there why is John Tory the least paid uh, uh, mayor in all the GTA he should be the most paid mayor in all the GTA he does more work in a day than any other mayor in the does in a week. I, I don't that, think he's uh, worried that. about his salary. And, why, and I don't why, think are they, why are they picking? Why is he picking on Toronto? Is it kind of obvious in this way? Sure, we can redu- we can reduce councillors, but not right now. The way it's being done, like amalgamation, it was rushed down our throat, and we have t- problems twenty years later with amalgamation. They could he could have done it gradually. Everyone wants less less politicians. I would agree on that too. Instead of having forty seven, we should have maybe. Maybe thirty-three, thirty-five, not twenty-five. But anyway, done at a proper okay. pace, not like this. John, okay, You're John, I'm going to let him respond to that. And Vaughn and everybody else. I'm going to let him respond to that. But good point. Thanks for your call. 
Yeah, I mean, Doug, I uh, really appreciate... Uh, what was your name? Sorry, John. 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 John? Yeah, I mean, you, uh, you're you convincingly making the case for fewer counselors across the GTA, so I'll take take your suggestion and put it forward to Doug. I, I agreed with your points on fewer counselors. I get the frustration with the process. I think even the government would say this is a difficult process, and they wish they wouldn't, didn't, they hadn't, uh, that it wasn't this time. So, I uh, listen, you're a frustrated guy. I get it. Um, I appreciate your feedback. Okay, uh, let's try to take uh, some quick calls. We've got Brian and Mimico. Hi, Brian. Hi, Libby. You know, I'm all for using the uh, veto, as which it actually is right now, for the simple fact that, number one, they had lots of warning about it. In July, instead of saying, okay, you're the boss, this way we'll run the election, they're fighting about it, just like down in the States, everybody's the left-wingers are all fi- fighting Donald Trump. And I do not want to listen to this nonsense for another four years. So get it done now. Nip it in the bud. And we'll see how it works. Four years from now, we'll know whether it worked out or not. Let's just get it done and stop arguing. Will you people not try to turn this into the United States Constant bickering all the time. I had to put up with okay. Kathleen oh. Wynne's government for 13 years. You can put up with Doug Ford's conservatives for four. <laughs> okay, there, there, that's an interesting comparison. Uh, Brian, thanks for your call. Let's go to Ron in Guelph. Hey, Ron. Hi, I know you're running out of time. Uh, two quick things uh, that was brought up. Um, first of all, the people of Toronto never had a chance to vote to decide if they wanted more counselors. It was done by the counselors themselves in a committee. So there was never refer- any referendum held to de- see if the people wanted three more counselors, correct? Correct. Uh, the other thing is, um, I watched the CBC Premier's League and Christy Clark from BC, Brad Wall from Saskatchewan, and Jean Charest from Quebec had very good arguments why the notwithstanding clause is uh, good to use, and Doug Ford, all, they're all for it. So somebody should watch CBC Premier's League. They might get a different perspective because uh, uh, they had a different take on it than former prime ministers and premiers as well. So. I, I watched that with great interest. I, uh, I watched the same program. It was, uh, it was revealing that their arguments for using notwithstanding clause, which was created uh, by some of the premiers uh, against uh, Trudeau, to make sure that it got passed, correct? Well, yeah, they wouldn't have. We wouldn't have had a constitution without it, and uh, there is that kind of attention for people who want to uh, get into the weeds here about the authority of judges versus the authority of elected officials. Um, you know, we're in a democracy; it involves checks and balances. Uh, but yeah, Ron, thanks for pointing that out. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. And you know what? Um, We are going to have to wrap things up. So callers, if I couldn't get to you, uh, Free For All Friday's coming up. But, you know, on this one, uh, I've got to say, I think it's going to come up again before then. So thank you for your patience. And uh, please call back the next time we tackle this or on Friday. I'm going to wrap things up here with Jason Leader. What would you like to leave us with? No, listen, I, I just appreciate the um, <clears throat> the opportunity to come and talk. And I know, you know, John was pretty emotional. I appreciate Merritt's, uh, Merritt's uh, arguments. I just want to say that I get the emotion of the debate. <clears throat> 
I get, uh, you know, the protest last night sort of, uh, you know, organized overnight. <clears throat> everybody's everybody's frustrated on both sides. Both sides are really energized. It's going to be an interesting four years. Um, but to suggest that it's as simple as everybody hates this or everybody loves this, it's not the case. And uh, I think some of your callers, there's a, there's a real split out there on, on, you know, whether or not. I don't think everybody loves the process here. But this issue is not as simple as John or Merritt would have you uh, have you believe. And I think Doug Ford thinks that he uh, has a, a bit of a winner here for uh, parts of the city of Toronto that he needs to get elected in. And I think he believes strongly in it. And so we're going to see how it goes. And I don't think we're, we've heard the last of this issue. That's well, for sure. Well, exactly. And, you know, uh, a previous guest this week, I think, got it right when he said, if you like Doug Ford, now you like him more and if you really don't like doug ford now you like him less absolutely so uh it's pretty polarizing jason thank you so much for being with us you're listening to an exclusive podcast of fight back on zoomer radio heard weekdays from noon to one you're listening to an exclusive podcast of fight back on zoomer radio heard weekdays from noon to one you're listening to an exclusive podcast of fight back on zoomer radio Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.